Good Sunday evening, everyone. Um, welcome to the Dwell Ministry Podcast. My name is Robert Foster. If you are new here, recently I've been getting a lot of um, positive feedback about the um, podcast. So um, I really appreciate the positive feedback. Um, I really appreciate the several people who listen to it regularly. Um, it's really helpful to me to know that I have people listening and to know that people are regularly listening. So that is awesome. So tonight, we're going to be continuing. Um, last Sunday, I or Wednesday-ish, I think it was Wednesday I posted it. Um, I did a part one of our of the false gospel, which is um, I kind of explained what the false gospel, what it, what a false gospel is, and um, um, today, and I I'm just going to continue on with that. Last week I talked about elevation church, and I talked about um, really the heresy of Stephen Furtick, and tonight I'm going to be talking about two more churches. I'm going to be talking about Hillsong Church in Australia and Bethel church i believe in california i'm pretty sure it's in california so we're going to start off with bethel's false gospel so bethel's main theology is very appealing to most people because it twists the word of god and shifts the attention that should be on god to yourself so that is why bethel's type of Worship and Bethel's type of preaching is more accepted by younger people is because it shifts the focus from God to you as a person. So today is a time when sound you know today is a time when sound biblical doctrine has taken a backseat to a more attractive and appealing self-focused gospel message this should be of no surprise to believers as the scriptures often warn of false prophets who preach a different gospel after all false teachers and teachings have have existed for centuries second timothy 4 3 reads for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion there are countless false prophets and false churches thriving today. However, we will be focusing our attention on the enormously popular Bethel Church. Bethel Church is a juggernaut of a mega church located in Redding, California, known for its catchy chart-topping worship songs such as Reckless Love and Raise a Hallelujah that are played in many churches and on many Christian radio stations worldwide. Bethel, led by its charismatic fifth-generation pastor Bill Johnson, is also known for its wildly unorthodox behaviors and practices such as emphasizing power encounters, prophecies, healings, and feeling God's presence. Appearances of glory clouds, supposed angel feathers or gold dust floating in the air from the air ducts, practicing laughing in the spirit, which is drunken like laughter attributed to the Holy Spirit and being moved by the Spirit, erratic motions jumping around in circles and falling to the ground, a display that resembles a scene out of a horror film. Many well-known pastors and theologians have come out against Bethel Church's teachings and practice, one of whom is Pastor Gabriel Hughes at First Southern Baptist Church in Kansas, in which he stated in a 2017 blog post, Bill Johnson, pastor of Bethel Church, preaches a different gospel. This is a very serious charge, and I'm very serious when I make it. Bethel's theology is very appealing to the masses as it twists the word of God and shifts the attention that should be on God to self. This is explicitly seen in Bill Johnson's haphazard treatment of scripture in his book, The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. 
Johnson says, For many years I misunderstood the biblical concept of, of desire. Psalm 37, 4 tells us, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Like many pastors, I foolishly thought that if you delighted yourself in the Lord, he would change your desires by telling you what to desire. But that's not all what he what this means. That verse literally means that God wants to be impacted by what you think and dream. God is after your desires. The word desire is made up of the prefix de, meaning of, and sire, meaning father. Desire is by nature of the father. Stephen Kozar, a writer for the blog site Pirate Christian, explains how this interpretation is false explaining. The Hebrew word translated into English as desire is mishala. It simply means request or petition. But Bill Johnson is telling people that God is after their desires because day and sire means of the father, means of the father. According to him, this is a complete fabrication and a deliberate twisting of God's word. Johnson's content, Johnson continues using this unorthodox and unsophisticated Dr. Seuss-like style throughout his book, saying, Renewing the mind begins with repentance. Re means to go back. Pent is like the penthouse, the top floor of a building. Repent then means to go back to God's perspective on reality. Again, Kozar corrects this severe interpretive error by stating that the word repent has nothing to do with penthouses, obviously. The original Greek word translated is metanoia, and it means I repent, change my mind, change the inner man, particularly with particularly with reference to acceptance of the will of God. Repent according to Strong's concordance. Simply put, this abuse of the word of God is, is either the result of astere ignorance or a sinister intent to manipulate the scriptures for personal gain. Either way, followers of Christ must understand that the leader of Bethel Church is not a, rep is not a true represent representative or ambassador for Christ, for he preaches a different gospel. <clears throat> Many may perceive this viewpoint as judgmental and believe that critics of Bethel Church should mind their own business. However, as a subs as substantiated by the Bible, the gospel is no small matter to be overlooked. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul wrote, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Galatians 1.8 Strong words indeed to warn that there is only one true gospel. One of the gospel's messages that Bethel Church preaches is one of prosperity, where followers can declare specific material blessings into their life simply by praying it and believing it. There's a video clip um, where Johnson leads the congregation in an offering prayer that sounds nothing like what the Old or New Testament writers ever wrote. And um, this is the prayer. We are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritance. Interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. <clears throat> Jesus promised spiritual blessing, not material, to those that would follow him. He also warned us to build our treasure in heaven, not on earth, Matthew 6, 19-20. In fact, followers of Christ are promised a life of persecution, not comfort, from 
Another theological flaw in Bethel's gospel teaching is their view on healings. In a 2010 sermon, Johnson essentially claimed that his view of healing takes preeminence over scripture when he stated, I refuse to create a theology that allows for sickness. The problem with this view is that one of the members of the Johnson family is currently battling cancer. Despite the heresy of Bethel Church, we as believers need to be compassionate in this matter and keep her in our prayers. Johnson takes this heretical theology even further with his article, Is It Always God's Will to Heal Someone? Saying that regarding prayer, pray for people, not if it be thy will, kind of prayer. And the thousands of people I've seen healed, I've never seen anyone healed from that kind of prayer. Praying for the Father's will to be done is how Jesus prayed, Luke, in Luke twenty two forty two, and a model prayer for his believers. James warns against the dangers of speaking for God's will, yet having no control over such matters. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. That comes from James four sixteen. But for Johnson, that kind of prayer and trusting in God's will is ineffective and should be avoided. This teaching is evil and rotten to the core. Moreover, Bethel Church and Bill Johnson have also been accused of preaching a false understanding of God's sovereignty. In a tweet by Chris Valladin, senior associate leader of Bethel Church, Johnson claimed that God is in charge, but he is not in control. He has left us in control. He also said that God's hands are tied, but it's our prayer that frees him. Johnson cites Adolf Hitler as an example of how God is not in control since he would never raise a person that we are called to pray against. However, this claim goes against the core doctrines found in Scripture. We have a sovereign God, Job 42.2, Psalm 135.6, Proverbs 16.4, Ephesians 1.11-2, Romans 8.29-30, etc., who was fully in control, even in raising up Pharaoh and hardening his heart to fulfill his purposes, releasing the Israelites from Egypt and glorifying his name, and we must seek him for his guidance and, and his will, not the other way around. Never in scripture has mankind been given the control Johnson is claiming. This wicked desire is to seek control of what God alone governs, parallels Satan's failed attempt to usurp God's throne, as well as Adam and Eve's failed attempt to be like God. Johnson goes so far as to speak falsely for God, saying, How can God choose not to heal someone when he already purchased their healing? He made a payment for our miracle. He already decided to heal. However, healing for everyone was never promised. Was, was never a promise found in scripture. Although miracles can and do still happen today, we must surrender to God's will and accept the times he does not provide and accept the time he does not provide healing. Knowing and trusting God's perfect plan is superior and more loving than our ambitious thinking. Um, the references there are Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 and Romans 8, 28. Lastly, in addition to the health, wealth, and sovereignty of a man, sovereignty of man gospel that Johnson teaches, he zealously praises and advocates the use of the Passion Translation. Why should the Passion Translation be concerning to Christians? Biblical scholar and Hebrew translator Andrew G. Sheed concludes that Brian Simmons, the sole translator of the Passion Translation, seems an, as uninterested in linguistic accuracy as he is in textual accuracy. He searches a dictionary and sometimes apparent, apparently his imagination for ways to insert new ideas that happen to align with his goals regardless of their truthfulness. This is why any reliable Bible translation is conducted by a large committee of biblical scholars and translators, specializing in various areas, from multiple denominations to protect against any unintentional or unintentional bias. Simmons left, uh, left unchecked as created a counterfeit Bible that is reminiscent of the heretical New World Translation Bible used by the Jehovah's Witness cult.
For example, in 2 Timothy 4, 2 from the ESV translation, a word-for-word translation, Paul states, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. However, the Passion Translation reads, Proclaim the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach when it is convenient and when it is not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. So the differences that we should note is the addition of the Holy Spirit and the removal of any rebuking or correcting in the passage, which is important for the true for true gospel ministry. Clearly, Simmons adds his own bias in his translation, adding and removing whatever be, whatever better fits with his theology and worldview. And you can use um the website Bible Gateway, and you can see more comparisons between the two Bibles side by side. In addition to bad theology and unbiblical practices, Bethel Church promotes another Jesus. A complete counterfeit to whom the biblical Jesus truly is. Again, the word of God warns of this in 2 Corinthians 11.4. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one who we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Bethel Church presents some of the most shocking teachings on Jesus. For example, Seth Dahl, a youth pastor at Bethel Church, claims he had a vision in which Jesus asked him for forgiveness. He explains that a pastor he respected said someone that hurt him and caused him great sorrow. Then, as he was lying on the floor reflecting on this, Jesus appeared to him in a vision and took the blame, weeping and asking Dahl to forgive him for the pain he felt. To claim that our sinless Savior, the God of the universe, would ask any human for forgiveness is to talk of another Jesus altogether. This dangerous teaching is an affront to the divinity of Christ, making this form of Christianity so man-focused that God surrenders to man. Simply put, it is heresy and blasphemy to the highest degree. Dahl's message aligns with Johnson's unbiblical teaching on Jesus. In his book, When Heaven Invades Earth, Johnson explains, He, talking about Jesus, performed miracles, wonders, and signs as a man in right relationship to God, not as God. If he performed miracles because he was God, then they would be unattainable for us. But if he did them as a man, I am responsible to pursue his lifestyle. However, scripture shows us that in the incarnation, Jesus was both fully God and fully man. Throughout the New Testament, this is proclaimed heavily. In the first chapter of the Gospel of John alone, it is revealed that the word Jesus was God and the word became flesh. We also see in Paul's epistle to the Colossians that in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Commenting on this, Stephen Tan of the Gospel Coalition explains in his article at What Price Awakening, examining the theology and practice of the Bethel movement, Johnson's pursuit of signs and wonders has led to a deadly elevation of experience over spirit over scripture. He argues that God wants us wants to take us farther, and we can only get there by following signs. When Johnson sees the miracles of Jesus in the Gospels, he doesn't see a unique manifestation of divine power. He sees an example for every Christian to aspire to. Johnson believes that if the gospel is proclaimed, but it is not accomplished by miraculous signs and wondered, it is a different gospel. Because as Johnson said in a 2015 sermon, without power, there is no good news. Not only does Johnson create for himself a gospel of his liking, but he also claims that the one true gospel message is false. Johnson is misleading his followers with the false claim that unless one experiences a miracle, then the message presented is not true. This puts Johnson in opposition with generations of faithful Bible-based churches and preachers. 
plainly stated, this is a direct assault on the body of Christ and this cannot be taken lightly. Johnson also positions himself against Jesus, who said in Matthew 12, 38-39, when answering the Pharisees who wanted to see a miraculous sign, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of jo Jonah the prophet. Instead of signs and wonders, we should look to the completed work of Christ as he died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead, conquering both death and the grave. I push and I ask believers to pray for anyone under the spell and allure of Bethel Church. Though their songs may be addictive and their message appealing, they are simply not of God. It is not the word of God. It is not the gospel message. It is not the biblical Jesus. We are, in contrast to Bethel's teachings, to surrender to God completely, follow his desires, ask him for forgiveness, and be satisfied with him and his gospel alone. We need to turn back to genuine sound biblical doctrine. In the words of the great English preacher Charles Spurgeon, if we are to see the church of God really restored to her pristine glory, we must have back we must have back this plain, simple gospel preaching. Bethel Church, along with elevation, <clears throat> they're very dangerous. Now, I think in my personal opinion, I think so far out of these two churches between Bethel and Elevation, Elevation is the least of them too. But they are both still false teachers. So now we move on to the cult. To the dangerous cult of Hillsong. With familiar tunes and upbeat rhythms filling the sanctuaries and churches everywhere, Hillsong is by far the most popular producer of mainstream Christian music in the world. They mass-produce music from their multi-campus worldwide bands under the labels Hillsong United, Hillsong Worship, and Hillsong Young and Free, which are then sold for untold millions to unsuspected worshipers and leaders who are willing to pony up for their product. What the vast majority of people are unaware of, however, is the dangerous cult-like tactics Hillsong uses to lure them into the into a loyal fellowship. Hillsong Church was founded in 1993 by Brian Houston or Houston, I think it's Houston, and his wife Bobby in Sydney, Australia, and now has now and has now expanded to 23 countries worldwide. Hillsong holds dozens of conferences every year at its many locations, and even owns and operates its own college of ministry. All of his locations are under the total and sole control of Brian Houston out of its headquarters in Sydney, Australia. None of its campuses are aut autonomous or free. Hillsong Church is deep into the social justice movement, a distraction from the church's great commission of making disciples. Through its many programs like City Care, Because We Can, and Color Sisterhood, there is a strong priority for a charity for charity works that emphasize things such as economic equality and other social issues and place little, if any, emphasis on the gospel. Hillsong is a charismatic church that teaches the continuation of the apostolic sign gifts. These include things such as prophesying, speaking in tongues, and healing. While the regular manifestation of these particular practices at Hillsong is insignificant, one teaching that comes out of Hillsong is extremely dangerous. Drumroll, please. The Prosperity Gospel. Oh, we've heard of this one before. Ever heard of Joel Osteen? He is probably one of the biggest um, false teachers in the world when it comes to Prosperity Gospel. Hillsong is one of the most pr 
premier promulgators of this popular false gospel. Al Mohler of the Southern Baptist Convention labeled Hillsong a prosperity movement for the millennials, which has minimized of the actual content of the gospel. Hillsong's seductive doctrine comes out in every sermon and much of its music. While not all of its music rises to the level of heresy, much of it places its emphasis on carnal ideas of man. One song, What a Beautiful Name It Is, teaches that the reason God saves sinners is that he didn't want heaven without us. Cameron Butel of Grace to You writes, That's a nice sentiment, but it's not remotely biblical. In fact, it's doctrinal malpractice by people who should know better. In reality, they do not know better. This is the doctrine of Hillsong. It is all about man becoming like God. In fact, one of the main tenets of prosperity theology is little God. Theology, little God theology, which teaches that we as little gods have the kind of power that God has to create by speaking things into existence. Brian Houston's teaching on this comes out clearly in his two books, Live, Love, Led, Live, Love, Led, and there is more when the world says you can't, God says you can. But the most dangerous aspect of Hillsong and their occultish operations are their mass appeals to the carnal desires of the flesh. Jesus said, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And that comes from John 15, 18 through 19. This is a huge problem. The reason the world hates the church is that the church stands as a, as a witness to both the current and the coming wrath and judgment of God upon sin. The world loves sin and rebels against God. But the true church loves God and loves the truth. Hillsong Church does not gather a massive following from the world because they preach the true unadulterated gospel. They may give lip service to the scriptures in Jesus, but it is largely used as the means to benefit the carnal needs and desires of their slaves or of slaves of their selves. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said slaves selves desires of their selves. God is used as a means to provide temporal relief from afflictions in this life instead of a means to lay down one's life to glorify God. And, it plays on one of the most seductive tools of Satan to distract people from God. Entertainment. The Hillsong cult attracts people through entertainment and keeps them there by their addiction. They have it down to an exact science. They know what sells. They know what keeps customers, whether it be their watered-down music, their nuanced affirmation of homosexuals, that they hold Roman Catholic masses, that they produce sleazy renditions of Silent Night during Christmas or oppose a nearly naked man on stage at a woman's conference, that they defend abortion and complain about the death penalty or that celebrities love them because they don't teach that book with Moses and stuff. One thing's for sure, they know what the world opposed to God likes. So Hillsong Church is a dangerous cult that follows the personality of its leader, Brian Houston, if your church uses their music for worship, even if the lyrics and the songs they use are doctrinally sound, there is a great danger of leading people astray, and you may be placing young men and women at risk. Hillsong should be avoided by Bible-believing Christians, and pastors should not be feeding their flocks to these wolves. I'll tell you, false gospel, false doctrine is rampant in the world today. 
we see like even like just the three examples that I've been I gave you with Elevation Church, Bethel Church, Hillsong Church. Those are just three of the mainstream churches. There are churches all over the world that are spreading a false gospel. And like I and another example, kind of like I said earlier, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen is one of the biggest advocates for the prosperity gospel. You know, when you went like to Christians today, and I'm sure a lot of my friends at college will, you know, obviously think of this. But when you hear prosperity gospel, what's the first person that comes to your head? You don't think of Hillsong. You think of Joel Osteen because that's what he preaches. He preaches prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel is one of the biggest false doctrines in the world today. And see, the thing about all these churches, Joel Osteen, Elevation, Bethel, Hillsong, they all collaborate with each other. They're not just their own entity. They all collaborate with each other. Stephen Furtick might go to Bethel Church one day. Um, Brian Houston might go, or Houston, I don't know how you say his last name. Houston, Houston, something like that. Um, he may go to Elevation Church one day um, and other way around. Bill Johnson might go to Hillsong. I know for sure Hillsong and Bethel are are you know intertwined, but Elevation is in there as well. So these churches intermingle with themselves. And each other. I want you guys. This is why us here at Dwell Ministries. Push you to read your Bible. And study the word. Because it is so easy to get ensnared. It's so easy to get ensnared. To this false gospel. Be careful. Sorry my throat's dry. Be careful of the preachers that you listen to. Study the word of God. And if something, and if you study it and really study it, and when you hear something off, you'll catch it immediately. You'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 that's not right. This has been, um, it's been awesome really getting able to talk about false doctrine because I think it's something that not a lot of people talk about today. At least they're not man enough to talk about it. It's something that needs to be talked about. We have millions of people, and I mean millions, getting caught up, getting dragged, and getting trapped into these situations, into these churches. And we have pastors all over the world today who are playing these songs in their churches, mainstream churches, you know, and every time you play one of their songs on Spotify or Apple music, or you get it to give them a view on YouTube, that's money. You're paying for these guys. I mean, it's tough because, um, me and some of my college friends had a talk like this um, after we watched a video on Bethel Hillsong and Elevation. And we had a long, about an hour, two hour conversation afterwards. And we all looked through our Christian playlists. 
And some of us had a majority of their worship songs, Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation. Those are the mainstream ones who come out with the bop worship music. The worship music that you just can jam to. Elevation just released a new album. I've listened to it. And, it, and I mean, as, an, as a worship album, I mean, it has some questionable things here and there. You know, it, these songs are meant to drag you in. Now, me personally, I believe that you can still worship through a song like that. You know, even though you may not like it and you may not agree with the church and what they believe in, I think you can still find a way to worship in their songs unless they're just flat out wrong. So this has been the um the false doctrine series. It's been this has been really fun to talk about actually. <coughs> I've really enjoyed it. Um please 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 if you have any suggestions on what we should talk about. I still have a few things on the list that um I still need to hit on some topics next. If you want me to continue this false gospel series, then I will continue it. I will find other churches that are presenting false gospel and I will bring them to light. Because this stuff needs to be heard and these, these stuff needs to be learned so we don't fall into that trap. So just a few, um, I guess a, a few little housekeeping things. Not really housekeeping things, but just a few announcements. Um, I'm sorry that we didn't go live. At least I don't think we went live yesterday. I was busy last night. I couldn't do it. Um... But we should be, like I said, um, if you keep in touch with the Instagram, we should be um, on a more like releasing schedule, a more like back-to-back releasing schedule. So um, I'm really excited about that. We're going to continue with that. Um, if you have any, if you need us for anything, you can get in touch with any of us on the team. We'll be there to help you. Um <clears throat> I'm really enjoying this false doctrine series. I'm going to put it on pause for right now. This is just the second part. There may be a third. There may be a fourth. I don't know yet. Um, we will see. But I'm going to keep, I'm going to put this series on hold for right now until maybe I can find some more churches research. Cause I mean, I've done a lot of research on these churches cause I want to really give you guys the truth. I don't want to just, I don't want to beat around the bush. I want to tell y'all how it is with these churches. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to thank you guys for listening. It really means a lot that y'all are taking y'all's time out of y'all's day to listen to a 30 minute, 25, 30 minute podcast. Oh, uh, just me rambling on about the Bible, but the Bible is so important and the Bible is the most important book you'll ever read. And I push you guys to read it every day. Heck, I'm still working on it myself, but if you read it every day, every day, You'll see such a difference. And also, I want to pose a challenge to you guys. <coughs> I'm sorry. Gosh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I want to pose a challenge to you guys. My youth pastor did this with us, and it really changed the, my, the way I look at life, and it really changed me as a person. 
It's a 30-day challenge. Listen to nothing but Christian music for 30 days. I'll do it starting tonight. I'll do it. So for a whole month, listen to nothing but Christian music. That could be whatever. Um, I would recommend staying away from Bethel Hillsong. Which is also, it's also a good way to branch out and find new worship music. Instead of listening to the mainstream worship worship songs. But listen to just Christian music. Christian music in general. Not really worship music, but Christian music, worship music. Any kind of gospel Christian music. Listen to it for 30 days. <clears throat> Nothing but it. Nothing but Christian music. And see what a, what a difference it makes. Also, read your Bible every day. But I'll quit rambling. I love you guys. If y'all um, have any suggestions for what another episode we should do for the podcast, I am so sorry. My throat is so dry. <clears throat> if you have any suggestions on what we should do for the podcast, let me know. I'm always open to suggestions. Um, uh, shout out to the guys of the Anabaptist Bible Study. I know that's funny. Um... They've been giving me ideas, and they've been really the biggest ones who have been put out, really saying that I've been doing a good job with this podcast stuff. So I love you guys a lot. Um, I thank you guys for supporting me. So that is all I have for y'all today. I know this is a longer episode than normal, but um, I wanted to make sure that I wanted to get everything in that I wanted to say. But I love you guys so, so, so much. God, let me pray for you guys real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. I thank you for this beautiful evening that you've given us tonight, Father. And I just pray for the person listening to this. Lord, you protect them, protect their family, Lord. Keep them safe. I pray that if there's anything going on with them and their family, Lord, I pray that you fix the situation. Father, I just pray... That they have just a good week. And we all have a good week this week, Father. I pray you give us strength throughout the week, Lord. Give us strength. Give us wisdom, Father. Give us peace for any situations we may be facing. And it's in your wonderful name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. I love you guys so much. And I will see you guys tomorrow where I'll be doing my devotion on the Instagram page. Love y'all. See y'all later.